wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Alright folks, welcome to the final episode of Wrestle Rant Radio for 2018, December 27, 2018. I am Graham G.S. Matthews, hope you guys enjoyed your holiday season and are doing well. Bringing to you today the results, reviewing the results, recapping the year that was 2018 for WWE and NXT by breaking down the 2018, the 6th annual WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards as voted on by you fine folks over at NextAirWrestling.net. We bring on someone every single year to help me break down the uh, review, the results, the polls available on the website. This year, we're bringing on a familiar guest who was here no more than a month ago. We'll be back for the Royal Rumble preview in a month from now as well. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to uh, WrestleRant Radio, my man. Thanks for having me back on, GSM. How was your holiday season so far? Doing good so far. Santa was good to me, you know. Good, uh, it's a good time. Good time. <laughs> no complaints in the Mr. Marceau side over there. No complaints in me. Love it. Love it. So like I said, we are breaking down the 2018 Year in Review Awards. Mr. Marceau, as always, the first one to vote on the website many, many weeks ago over the course of December. Got out the polls a little late this year. I honestly forgot about it until like, January, or until like December 1st or 2nd. I'm like, I should probably get on that. So they've been up now for an ample amount of time. We got a number of people that voted, so... Thanks to all who participated and took part in the polls. You guys make it happen. So we're going to be breaking it down momentarily. A lot of these um, results have been available on the website for quite a while now. If you already voted, you can see the results of the polls on the website. But we're just simply breaking it down, like I said, the um, the year that was 2018 for WWE. But before we get started here, I do you want to say this? New episodes, Wrestle Rant Radio, available every single week. Not only on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up Wrestle Rant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You get not only the new episodes on Thursdays, but also all the archived episodes dating back to October of 2013. So I feel like every single year I ask you this, RJ, and it's a different answer every time for better or for worse. So let me ask you outright before we get into any of the poll results, what were your overall thoughts on the year that was 2018 for WWE? Was it one of your favorite years, least favorite years, or somewhere in the middle? Um, that's a, it's always different. I feel like for NXT, I'll, I'll split it up. For NXT, I thought it was a really good year. To, like From the beginning to the end, I thought it was a good year. Uh, overall, like they obviously had their normal like fluctuation with talent, but I, think all the, I thought all the takeovers were good to great. Um, they had great storylines, great NXT TV, introduced a lot of new names, and I think they all performed very well. Um, I just think NXT had a really good year, probably one of the better years they've had. I think it was a complete year. Um, like I said, they had just so much turnaround in talent, but they they just re reignited the uh, each division. They introduced new talent. I think they've done well this year. WWE, on the other hand, 
they started off hot with Royal Rumble. I think we were there, obviously, but I think Oscar and Nakamura winning was was a good sign. I thought that was gonna turn into something. Obviously, they both lost at WrestleMania, and they both have 400 cents. Um, <laughs> Braun Strowman had a good somewhat year and lost every time it mattered. Um, the terrible shows in Saudi Arabia, their shitty pay per views. Um, besides, like. I don't know, Survivor Series was like okay TLC wasn't too bad Money in the Bank was okay, Evolution was good They just haven't really had a lot of good pay-per-views And Lesnar's still champion Just, I don't know, I would say it's probably one of the I wouldn't say it was the worst year I think 2011 for me was just fucking terrible But it wasn't I would say it was one of the worst years in recent memories For at least WWE main roster I know, I was going to say, you texted me not too long ago saying that Raw, as bad as it is right now, it'll never... I mean, I mean, I guess it could be, but it hasn't been as worse as it was, as bad as it was back in 2011 when you were skipping the show, fast-forwarding through the show every single week. Um, has it gotten to that point yet for you, or are you still like on the cusp of like hoping that it's going to get good and you're still watching most of the show every week? I usually watch most of the show every week. I'm still a fucking mark, so I watch it <laughs> Um, but no, I watch every week, so I'm still into it, but, I don't know, just like, like I said, it's not even like, I just like, just, they feed us the same shit every week, it's not even good, it'd be one thing if it was like good matches and stuff, it's the same terrible matches every week, and it just doesn't go, like, it's like the same results every week too, it's not even like it changes, I'm just like... It's getting kind of t- tiring, but I'm still sticking into it. Still sticking into it, he says. So we'll see. We're, we're among the dumb marks that can shit all over Raw, but still say, hey, we tune in every single week. I, I contribute to the ratings here. I'm, I'm a part of the 10 people that still watch Raw every single week, even though the ratings have never been more in the toilet than they are right now. So here's hoping it gets better in 2019. But hey, Mr. Marceau, the McMahons are back in charge. How can you not be optimistic? That's just... Uh... I'm hoping that will actually turn into something. I think that's just like... I think it will actually... Okay, I'll switch my... I think it will turn into something, but it's like... They're the ones in charge anyway, so it should be fine. But they're going to like now be like, oh, we're in charge again. And then like now when it turns good again, they'll be like, oh, look what we did. Like even though they were in charge the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty annoying. But I, I think it'll be... I think it's a good sign that they're like... I guess addressing the issue, like because obviously they know it sucks, but we'll actually see if it actually. I think it will turn into something good, but it sucks that they like go into that and be like, "Oh, we're back in charge," even though they're fucking in charge every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're already in charge like, anyway. Already in charge, so. But like I said, I think I think it'll be fine, <laughs> but who knows. We'll see, we'll see, but um, that being said, though, like you said, with the year of, of the authority taking over in 2018 with Baron Corbin between him and Stephanie being on the show and Triple H, you said this might lead to something in 2019 with the McMahons being back in charge. Could that something be like another, yet another for the upteenth time of family struggle between Vince and Triple H and Stephanie and Shane and a repeat of the WrestleMania 2000 main event where they all have representatives? Could we see another one of those rehashing of angles come WrestleMania season. I hope to God, though. Got to keep the focus on the talent. Uh, I think, I don't think so. Like I, said, I think they're just kind of like saying, like, oh, we're in charge again. Even like I said, we already know they are in charge. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think it's going to be for the better than, I don't think they're going to, I don't know. It's kind of optimistic. I don't think they will get involved, but knowing them, they will. But I don't know, I'll be optimistic and say they won't. I think they're just going to kind of just like, 
be the voice of the people, maybe. Mm-hmm. But who knows this fucking company? And I think you hit the nail right on the head when you were talking about how, oh, the shows are getting better. We're going to take credit. Like, this has been the case now for years. Like, Stephanie with the women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, is a prime example of that. How she takes credit for everything. Guaranteed, she'll come out next Monday on Raw and take credit for the uh, the women's tag team titles being introduced. Like, bitch. Like, you guys could have introduced this at any point in the last, like, 20 years. You have never not been in charge. You know what I mean? Like, what a dumb thing to say, but... It's bound to happen sooner rather than later. Exactly. She, always, especially with her, she. I feel like she always just like swings the attention to her. Like you didn't feel that. You were feeling a thong ten years ago, getting your ass. Now, <laughs> uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But um, that being said, we'll go into our first category here: WWE Network Show of the Year. This was the fifth year of the network. Um, 2014, if you count, you know, 2014, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, another great year for the network. I always struggle with what shows to put on here. And a lot of people, I'm sure anyone who votes in these polls is a loyal subscriber to the network, watches most of the shows. Um, there were a few shows I didn't put on here. I would have put the Edge and Christian show because that's been really good recently, but it just came back like a month ago. So I thought it would be way too late. So I didn't include that. Camp WWE season two, I just did not, it was nothing at all. It was exactly like the first season, meaning that wasn't really that good at all. So I did not include that. But of these six shows that we had here, we had WWE Photoshoot, which debuted at the very beginning of 2018, which saw superstars sit down and look at photos from their career and reminisce. It was a good show. Nothing great, but it was a good show. Um, WWE Chronicle was kind of a take on WWE 24, just a shorter version. And it would chronicle someone's path from like WrestleMania to SummerSlam or Nakamura's road to WrestleMania. Get like an in-depth look at their road to a certain pay-per-view. They did one for Becky recently, which was great. They did one for Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Dean Ambrose. That was a great show. Table for three, which we've had here in the network since 2015. That's always uh, always an enjoyable treat. Of course, WWE 24, which we've had also since 2014, 2015. Something else to wrestle with, with uh, Bruce Prichard, which debuted right after WrestleMania, kind of a take on his own podcast, which was great too. And then the Mae Young Classic, which, I mean, I always struggle with what to put here. Like, do I put the NXT UK show? I put Mae Young Classic because it's not, um, it's not like, you know, a, a recurring show. I mean, it is for like a month, but like beyond that, it's not like an NXT or a 205 Live or an NXT UK. So that's why I include it. And that was great as always. I would argue that the Mae Young Classic was better this year than it was last year. Um, but of all the shows that I included on this poll... It was WWE 24 that won out. I, I don't remember what won last year. <clears throat> I'd have to go back and check. But um, WWE 24 won this year with 32.73% of the vote. In second place, it was the Mae Young Classic with 27.27%, which I feel won last year. And WWE 24 was included in that poll, too, so I'll have to go back and check in a second. But, yeah, it was WWE 24, Mae Young Classic, and then Table for Three, which was actually really surprising. Um, photo shoot was in last. Something else to wrestle with was in second to last, which really surprised me. I actually voted for that. I thought that was a great show. I thoroughly enjoyed, um, Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard breaking down all these things I've never really known before about, like, The Rock's career and AJ Styles and TNA. Hopefully that's renewed for a second season soon, but yeah, WWE 24 winning out, and I think the few 24s they've had this year included the... Second part of the Women's Evolution, which talked about, I think, the Women's Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, um, a few months ago. 
They had that, the WrestleMania 33-24, which was awesome, if only because you and I were there. They had those two. They had one of the Hardy Boys in the summer. And that might have been it. I feel like they have not had another one since, unless I'm mistaken. Again, I'll have to go back and check. But yeah, WWE 24 winning out as the WWE Network Show of the Year here in the polls, RJ. So any thoughts on the specials that WWE 24 produced in 2018? Yeah, I, I voted for WWE 24. Before you said that, I couldn't really remember most of my... Uh, I remember the WrestleMania 33 one and then um, the Hardy Boys one. I thought the Hardy Boy one was really good. Um, I just think it's just like a great... It's only like usually like an hour long. It's usually like a great fact behind the scenes of kind of stuff that you most normally wouldn't see or like the road to like back from injury and such. I haven't seen any of the Chronicles. I definitely want to see the Becky Lynch one. Um... But I think besides that, like, I've never, I've only seen a few of the table for threes. Like, they're good, but uh, nothing crazy. Um, I've never even heard of photo shoot. I don't even know what that was. Um, May Young Classic was good. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like that. I kind of like that 24 the best <clears> off that one. Yeah, that one never ceases to deliver. I don't think, like an NXT TakeOver, I don't think I've seen a bad 24 special yet. They've had so many, too, since 2015. You know, uh, covering every WrestleMania, covering every, you know, returning superstar. They had one on Kurt Angle last year. They had one on Goldberg. They had one on Finn Balor. I think last year they had more 24s than they do this year. Because they also had the WrestleMania Monday. They had WrestleMania 32. They had, like, five 24s last year. And this year they've only, I think, had three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they were all great though, so I can't complain, but I just looked it up in comparison last year for the network show of the year, which also included the Mayon Classic, WWE 24 and Table for Three. So this year it was WWE 24 in first, uh, Mayon Classic in second, Table for Three in third. Last year, Table for Three, I think was tied for last with Storytime, which was also brought back this year, but it wasn't anything too great, so I left it off. Um, and second was WWE 24 with 18% of the vote, and then May Young Classic won out with 52% of the vote. So I don't know if different people are voting or, like, what happened, but that's a pretty drastic difference. I thought the May Young Classic was better this year than it was last year, but maybe because people thought, oh, you know, it's the greatest show of the year. I, I don't know, because it's the first ever women's tournament. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But um, I thought it was great this year. I mean, the NXT UK tournament they did earlier this year was also great. I left that off, but that was a good show too. But yeah, the 24s are always awesome. And I do agree to RJ that the Hardy Boys won. I think it was called... Was it Reborn by Fate or it was something like that? Twist of Fate, whatever it was called. Reborn by Fate. Re- yeah, yeah that, I think that's what it was called too. Reborn by Fate. It was excellent. I rewatch it all the time. That was a great one. So um, I think if that for that special alone, um, WWE 24 deserves to win out here. So... Uh, hoping, hoping for more 24s in the new year. I know they're doing um, one, obviously one on WrestleMania 34, which always debuts right after the Rumble. Actually, they always do the WrestleMania ones after the Rumble. They might be delaying that this year, because they know after the Rumble this year, they're premiering the one on Ronda Rousey, which they've been advertising for like close to a year now. So maybe they'll save the Mania one for another time. But the Rousey one is debuting in about a month. And I also didn't include the 365 one on here. They only did one episode, and it was on AJ, and it was great, but it wasn't enough to, you know, it wasn't worthy enough to do a category on it here. But, um, the WWE 24 was great, though. So going to WWE Network Special of the Year, what I try to do most of the time, I mean, usually in a lot of these categories, I do one, like, at least one or two NXT candidates, because obviously this covers NXT, too. 
Um, for this one, because there's so many great takeovers, there's five now a year between the one over Mania weekend, Rumble weekend, SummerSlam weekend, Survivor Series weekend, and Money in the Bank weekend, um, I did three. So I did three takeovers and then three pay-per-views, main roster pay-per-views, which I included Royal Rumble, which we were at, Money in the Bank, which we were at, and I didn't, I didn't do these just because we were there. I did them just because I thought they were the better shows of the year. Conspicuous by its absence was WrestleMania, which... People may argue, well, why didn't you include WrestleMania? Because the show wasn't that good. It really was not that good of a WrestleMania, to be honest with you. At least compared to past WrestleManias. So I didn't include it. But Evolution, obviously the first ever women's pay-per-view. And then for the takeovers, I included New Orleans, Brooklyn 4, and War Games. Um, So out of all these contenders here, we had our only tie of the entire, um, of all the polls. We had our first and only tie of the year here. Which we also had a tie last year, looking back at last year's results, which I'll talk about in a second. But Evolution and TakeOver New Orleans tied with 31.58% of the votes, um, which is pretty crazy. I mean, we have one main roster show and then one TakeOver show. And honestly, it really is tied neck for neck just because both shows were great. Evolution, I would argue, is the best main roster pay-per-view of the year. So I'm glad people agree with me on that. And then I would argue TakeOver New Orleans was the best TakeOver of the year, if not ever. And I'm glad that won out here, too. So, I think it's a, a fitting tie. I'm glad it came out to both shows. I mean, if I had to choose, it would probably be New Orleans. But Evolution was great, too. And honestly, I did not think that this year was a great year for pay-per-views. Because if you don't include Evolution here, I thought the Rumble was very good. I thought that was a very good show. Again, not only just because we were there, but I thought it was a really good show. Money in the Bank was pretty good. On um, the most recent TLC show, which I probably would have included here over Money in the Bank if I had, you know, if I made this... After TLC, I would have included that. But beyond those shows, it's really not been that great of a year for pay-per-views, especially considering that we've had like 14 or 15 shows this year, and very few of them were actually memorable, like Greatest Royal Rumble, Crown Jewel, Backlash, um, Extreme Rules, all atrocious. They were all awful. So, um, yeah, Evolution and TakeOver New Orleans winning out here. So your thoughts on those two respective shows, RJ, in just a year on the whole for pay-per-views for both NXT and the main roster? So for this category, I voted NXT New Orleans. Um, I think it was the best NXT TakeOver of all time. So I I thought Evolution was good as well, but I don't know. The best NXT TakeOver of all time, they're all good to great usually. Had to go with that one on the edge. Uh, Edge of Evolution, but uh, for main roster, like you said, it just wasn't a ton of good pay-per-views. Way more, way more really bad ones than anything else. Um, I thought all the takeovers were good to great, um, but yeah, the Crown Jewel show wasn't good. Um, Super Showdown sucked. Backlash, like all those shows were just terrible. So I would say, besides Evolution, maybe TLC. Only SummerSlam was like that bad, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looked like a great year overall. I thought the Royal Rumble kind of like got me excited because uh, that was a good show. It was going to get me excited for the whole year, and then they kind of just shit all over that. So <laughs> I was saying, I don't know. I just think it was it, it, if the, if the payoff was done rightly, I think it could have been good. But both people lost, so at this point, it didn't really matter. I thought WrestleMania was like average at best. I think false hope might be the best uh, term to use here when it comes to the Rumble and how good that show was, and then it just they fell off a cliff. I thought the road to WrestleMania was very forgettable, and then WrestleMania itself, like you said, was average at best. It wasn't a bad show. Like, it's not WrestleMania 27 levels, but it really was not that good at all. Um, the opener 
the best match of the night, which is like terrible. Oh yeah, no, exactly. The first few matches that that were pretty good, then it fell off a cliff after that. Once I got to Cena and Taker in the two minute squash, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the show to be over at that point. But um, yeah, no, I thought Mania was okay. So I, I don't, I don't, I can't argue with the um, with the winners here. I think they're, I think they're both worthy. If I had a, you know, gun to head, if I had to choose one, it would definitely be New Orleans. Like you said, the best takeover. I would agree of all time. You had Gargano and Ciampa. You had Baszler and Moon. You had the six man. NXT uh, North American Championship ladder match. You had Black and Almas, and then you had the three-way tag team title match with Roderick Strong turning heel. So again, overall, that was an amazing show. Every match delivered, you know, in spades. So um, I can't argue with that whatsoever. And then Evolution was good too. So the thing is too is that this year I think we had the same amount of pay-per-views as we did last year. But what's weird is that we should have had less because. Um, they did that whole thing earlier this year where compared to last year, we didn't have brand exclusive events anymore after WrestleMania. They did away with the Raw shows and the SmackDown shows. Now everyone is on the shows and they just made the shows longer at four hours in length. But that being said, a lot of these shows are just not really that good whatsoever. And they ended up adding more international shows and we had a pay-per-view like every three weeks at one point between Super Showdown and Crown Jewel and Super, and, uh, Creators Royal Rumble, so hopefully we can kind of do away with those shows. I don't mind when they do like a glorified house show type thing, but when they dedicate so much time to building it up and it just it's it's not enjoyable at all. Like Beast in the East, Roadblock from a few years ago. I thought those were some great shows. Greatest Royal the Saudi Arabia shows were pretty abysmal. So hopefully they can do away with that stuff in twenty nineteen. But yeah, Evolution was good. I would hope they could do a second installment in 2019 if they continue along with the women's Evolution and they don't forget about them. But there is that. <clears throat> and then, you know, obviously the takeovers never cease to deliver and every takeover I've ever seen has been great. And um, hopefully Phoenix and the next WrestleMania weekend one will be equally enjoyable, hopefully, because we'll be at the WrestleMania weekend one in Brooklyn um, over the over WrestleMania weekend. So again, uh, not a great year for pay-per-views, but for the takeovers, this might have been the best year for takeovers yet, to be honest with you, because... If you rank every takeover, which I think I did on a recent episode of Hashtag, you will have a tough time ranking them just because every single one is at least an 8 or 9 out of 10. Between New Orleans, Brooklyn 4, War Games 2, Chicago 2, and Philadelphia. So those were some great shows. And even Philly, we that was a great show too. We went to that show. But these other takeovers were like slightly better, so I had to include those. So it was a tough year for takeovers, but they were all excellent. I can't argue with that. So let's see here. Next category would be Feud of the Year. So we got a couple different contenders here. There were some I really had to like struggle to include because they're really, again, not a great year for feuds. I tried to include a few from Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, and NXT. So this is what I came up with. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch from the SmackDown side. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe from the SmackDown side. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy from the SmackDown side. And all those feuds happen at once. Over the fall. And they were all great, but they all happened at once. Beyond that, SmackDown did not have many great feuds in 2018. From the Raw side, it included Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. From 205 Live, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. And then from NXT, Gianni Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, and what should come is no surprise, Gargano versus Ciampa winning out with 69.49% of the vote. The other ones did not stand a chance. The only one that came close was Flair and Lynch with 16.95% of the vote, um, which was a great feud too. Charlotte and Becky had 
Honestly, this might they might have had a better feud than Charlotte and Sasha. I think I said that on a recent episode of Hashtag, and I would stick with that just because the Sasha Charlotte feud and we were it was like a running joke between us RJ a few years ago. Sasha could not win on pay per view to save her life, whereas the Charlotte and Becky feud was well booked. They told a great story. Charlotte's been dominant, or Becky's been dominant rather. You know, obviously her evolution's been a big part of that. Charlotte continues to deliver in the ring. So I would absolutely agree with that as the best main roster feud of the year. But even that doesn't hold a candle to Gargano and Ciampa from NXT. A story that's still being told to this day from the very beginning of the year. And I don't know where it's going to end up. So, got to agree with that as the best feud of 2018. So, your two cents on Gargano and Ciampa, RJ. And again, the year in feuds for WWE. Yeah, like I voted with obviously who voted for uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Um, they, this feud's been building up since the first NXT Chicago, which was in 2017. So I don't know this whole year, like they've basically been feuding the whole year, and just it's just great storytelling. All their matches have been really good. Um, they've obviously sprinkled in like Johnny Gargano and Alistair Black kind of thing, but I don't know. I just think it's been a really good feud. They've drawn it out over a year. It's not like I'm, like, sick of it. Usually with the main roster, after a couple of weeks, I'm just, I'm like, I just get this off my TV. <laughs> and the way they've booked Gargano Champ with just such a long-term booking of it, it's just, like, the payoff, and Gargano keeps getting screwed, then he's starting to kind of heal, then trying to get his chance to win. It's just, like, I think it's just, it, they, they built it up so good that it's been able to last as long as it has, and it hasn't got, like, tired. Um... With the smack, all those SmackDown feuds were good, but like you said, they all were legit at the same time, which is pretty bad, especially in pretty much WWE's dead period in the fall when like people really aren't paying attention as much. Mm-hmm. Raw just, I don't know, Raw just, I don't even know, what do you say, Seth Rollins and Ziggler? Like, that's been a good feud, but they've literally feud, they've had like 20 matches against each other. Like, at this point, give two shits less. I know, yeah, it was it was a stretch to include that just because there really were not any other good feuds over the course of the year, and that feud lasted so long, I mean, it would, I would be remiss not to include it, but length doesn't always equal quality, I mean, it has with Gargano and Ciampa, but Rollins and Ziggler, the feud never really progressed, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was good, the matches were really good, but I felt like I was watching the same match every other week, it was ridiculous, um... But if that's the the only anything close to a good feud that Raw has had in 2018, that's pretty bad. And I mean, could you think of anything RJ that could have been included from um, from Rollins and Ziggler from the Monday Night Raw side aside from Rollins and Ziggler? I mean, Roman and Brock sucked. That feud was terrible. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, I don't care. The feud was terrible. I mean, Strowman and, and Lesnar. That really wasn't much of a feud. Like, I don't. What else do you include? Roman and Strowman? Like, I don't know. Is there any other feud that comes to mind? That's what I was gonna say. Probably. Even though they weren't, like, the greatest years, like, Roman and Lesnar or Strowman and Lesnar. I don't know. Raw just had, like, a tough year. Mm-hmm. They kind of were, like, pushing Bailey and Sasha about the feud, and then they just never did. Um, it just was not a good year. I don't think overall it was just a bad year for Raw. Yeah, it was a pretty bad year for sure. And I think Otley and Murphy would have won more percent of the vote if more people watched 205 Live because they had a great feud over on that show. They had a couple great matches, which I included with the match of the year contenders a little later on. But they had a great feud too, and obviously that has led to Ali being a member of the SmackDown roster. So um, that unfortunately, that was not in last. Orton and Hardy was in last with 1.69% of the vote, which was a very good feud too, but... Wasn't enough to uh, win out by by any means. And Rollins and Ziggler was tied for second to last with Ali and Murphy. And Styles and Joe 
was in uh, third, which is also not surprising just because, I mean, they had a couple good matches, but Joe never won. I feel like more people would have won, would have voted for that option if Joe at one point won the WWE Championship, but he didn't. I mean, AJ won every single time, so it is what it is, but I thought that was a good feud too. So for Shocker of the Year, we had a couple good Shockers here over the course of uh, 2018 for both the main roster and NXT. Um, I think WWE put together a video a few weeks ago of their own shocking moments, and there were a few on that list that I would have that I forgot to include here, and there were a few on my list they forgot to include, but whatever, I still thought it was a great year for shocking moments, even though it wasn't a great year overall for the main roster. So my options included Ambrose betraying Seth Rollins, of course, which was the first thing that came to mind uh, from only a few short months ago when the Shield broke up and Roman... I mean... So I, I could have included the Roman announcement, which I was contemplating, but it's not really a storyline thing. So, I mean, the Daniel Bryan thing kind of is, and the Roman thing was really just depressing, so I didn't want to include that. So I put the Ambrose and Rollins one instead when Ambrose portrayed Rollins that same night on Raw. So I put that on here. Ronda Rousey debuting at the Royal Rumble, which we saw in person. Great moment. It was kind of, you know, rumored ahead of time, but it was a cool moment. Uh, Nakamura turning heel at WrestleMania following his loss to AJ Styles, which... Cool moment, really led nowhere because Nakamura's had a very disappointing 2018 ever since, but no one saw that coming. Of course, like I said, Daniel Bryan announcing his return to the ring being cleared to compete right before WrestleMania on SmackDown. Johnny Gargano revealing himself to be the attacker of Aleister Black on an episode of NXT a few short months ago. And then Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era at TakeOver New Orleans. So, winning again by a landslide, that being Bryan returning to the ring and announcing that he was cleared to compete... Um, on SmackDown right before uh, right before WrestleMania with winning by um, a number, a, a wide margin with 44.26% of the vote. Second place, it was Roderick Strong, shockingly, um, announcing that he was joining the Undisputed Era with 18% of the vote. And then in third place was Ambrose, um, which I actually, I, I voted for Ambrose. That was my choice, not really thinking that Brian should win here, which he should because no one saw that coming. Um, the, the strong one, I did not expect that, that to do as well as it did. That was kind of shocking, no pun intended. They, they shocked the system with that moment, so that was cool. But, um, yeah, it was a good year for shocking moments. I think Brian winning out is only deserving, only fitting, just because a lot of people, myself included, never thought he would be clear to compete again in WWE. And then it happens literally mere weeks before WrestleMania, and he's been wrestling ever since and is now the current WWE champion. So, um, yeah, Brian winning out with, as the Shocker of the Year for WWE in 2018. So, your thoughts, RJ, on Brian winning this award? Yeah, that's the one I voted for. Uh, I just honestly just remember GSM drilling into my head that Brian was never coming back. He's going to go to Ring of Honor or Smoking Down Wrestling. <laughs> um, and then just literally just came back. I think, without a doubt, that was easily the biggest Shocker of the Year just because I don't know, just at that point, we just kind of figured he was never coming back because he was trying so hard to get cleared, and they just kept saying no, and eventually he came back. So I, I think that was hands down usually the shocking moment of the end. And Ambrose and Rollins, I was surprised that did not get more votes. I mean, that was the definition of shocking. No, I mean, they teased it for a while, but the way they delivered it, when they delivered it, was extremely surprising. So that being said, are you surprised, are you shocked even, that that... Um, option to not win out with more votes. Um, I think, like you said, they were teasing it for a little bit, so I, I wouldn't say it was as shocked. Like, it would be one thing if they weren't teasing at all, and all of a sudden he just turned on him. They kind of were teasing leading up that he was going to turn on. Obviously, the night that Roman said he 
was going to be wrestling for a while because he had leukemia. Like, that was a shocker that they did that night. But, I don't know. I, I figured if it didn't happen there, it was going to happen a little bit down the road. So, I wasn't too too shocked. So, we had that, the Rousey debut. Were you expecting that when it happened right after the Women's Rumble? Or were you thinking that, okay, it's, it's not going to happen. The match already happened. She what? We, we expected her to be an entrant. We expected her to be an entrant. We talked about it here on the show right before the Rumble. Her and Stephanie both. And then she would eliminate Stephanie to win the whole thing. Thankfully, that did not happen. But were you surprised by her appearance at the event? Um, I would say I was more surprised by when they did it. Like we, like we were talking about, I thought she was going to throw out Stephanie. I wish that happened. Um, oh my but, god, it's Stephanie. Like, no shit. We know you're in the fucking match. We're not stupid. Greatest GSM moment ever. Episode of uh, WrestleRant Radio. We gotta look that one back up. That's a great GSM moment. Gotta check the arc. Uh, we gotta get our best WrestleRant Radio moments from Mr. Marceau in 2018. We could have a long list. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I think it was more of when they did it than her. Like, I, like you said, rumors were swirling that she was coming to WWE. I thought she'd be like number 30 or in the match. Doing it after the match was kind of different, but it was still a big moment. Obviously, it got them a lot of mainstream attention and stuff. But I wouldn't say it was as shocking as, uh, Brian's coming back. And what are your thoughts on Nakamura turning heel, Gargano revealing was Aleister Black's attacker, and Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era? Did you see any of those things happening this year? I called Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era. You did, actually. You did, yep. That was a fucking gimme. (laughs) Um, Nakamura turning heel was surprising, but it went absolutely nowhere, so who cares? Yeah. And And what was the other one? Um, Johnny Gargano turning heel by attacking Aleister Black. Um, I kind of, I don't know if that was like definitely rumored, but I thought it was like a good possibility it could have been him, but I still was a little shocked that it was him. I was just such a beloved baby face, I was surprised they even tried to tinker with that. But, uh, I would say probably my least, un, my least unshock, like, the least shocking moment is probably, um... Either Rousey or uh, uh, Roger Strong. At least for me. Yeah, definitely for you. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. I didn't see many people predicting that at all. It was only really you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, Roddy's joining the Undisputed Era." I'm like, "Dude, it's not gonna happen." We can a fantasy book. Now it's a cute little idea, but it's not gonna happen. And then it fucking happened. The Daniel Bryan thing too. It's like, Jesus Christ, how many of these things did you call? The Rousey thing you called, even though it didn't happen in the way that you thought it would. Um, Mr. Marceau is like the, uh, fortune teller of WWE over here. I gotta, uh, what do you think is going to happen in 2019 now? We gotta start taking bets on what do you think is going to happen. I need to, I need to start making 2019 predictions soon. <laughs> well, what about, oh, we should actually mention this too, your bold predictions for 2018. How about those? The, uh, the sole Mr. Marceau, uh, RJ's two cents column from this year. Yeah. Kind of a swing and a miss on most of those, except for the, um, what was the one that you got right? Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you, honestly. Boo. I'll go look those up in a couple minutes, but... I know I swung and missed on a ton of them. <laughs> no, actually, you came close with the the four horsewomen one. You were like, Becky's the only one that's going to win gold this year, and she's going to turn heel, which you did call. A little later than expected, but you did call that. And Charlotte did win gold before Becky, but she only had it for a month. And Becky was champion for the better part of the latter half of 2018. So, you did come close on that. Obviously, Banks and Bailey were losers and held no gold. So, I, I thought that. 
That, that was that a... one a mile wide of Becky and uh, Bailey and Sasha be a bunch of losers. <laughs> and Becky was for the better part of the year, so that was a pretty bold prediction. You called that, and I mean, like you said in hashtag, it's satisfying to see how far the Chiefs come. But we'll talk about that momentarily more about Becky in a couple minutes. Uh, we'll move on now to the most disappointing wrestler of the year, which is always a fun category because there's so many. There's always a handful of disappointing wrestlers, and there's so many that you can include here. Because there's so many that um, I had high expectations for when the year started. That's really what my threshold is here. People that I thought would do better this year or that I thought would have a breakout year. Or if they had a big win earlier on in the year and then they fell off the face of the earth. So that's why I included these certain superstars. Leading the list, Braun Strowman. Now, he was a Raw Tag Team Champion for a cup of coffee. He was Mr. Money in the Bank. But he did win the Greatest Royal Rumble too. But by and large... He has lost more often than he's won on pay-per-view. He had an awful feud, a pointless program with Kevin Owens that went nowhere. He failed to cash in Money in the Bank. He got squashed by Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. He never won the Universal Championship. The WrestleMania moment was, I mean, cool, but it was very disappointing. And it just kind of, it was a waste of time. He remained on Raw as moving over to SmackDown. I think that was another one that you predicted, too. Uh, Strowman moving to SmackDown and becoming WWE Champion, which hopefully will happen in the new year. But, um, yeah, just a very bad year for Strowman. We had Sasha Banks here as another option who has legit done nothing. The legit boss did legit nothing in 2018. She teamed with Bailey, she feuded with Bailey, and then they teamed again. That was it. Never once sniffed the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Bobby Roode won the United States Championship at the onset of 2018, so he did do that. And then he lost it, did nothing, moved to Raw, did nothing. Um, recently won the Raw Tag Team Titles. But that was about it. A very bad year for Bobby Roode. Nakamura, I mean, again, he won the Royal Rumble. He headlined WrestleMania. He was United States champion for five months. But what does that really mean if he didn't do anything as champion? He just dropped the belt to Rusev on Tuesday SmackDown. Um, it was a very forgettable reign. He did not have a single feud over that championship. Over five months, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but like you said, he won the Rumble. He lost. Did nothing. Lost to AJ at every turn. He's been a good heel, but he's done nothing this year, so very disappointing. Asuka, you know, she had a very disappointing 2018 overall. She recently rebounded by becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion in the main event of the TLC pay-per-view. But beyond that, though, she won the Royal Rumble, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. She lost to WrestleMania, moved to SmackDown, and then has done nothing for like six or seven months before recently. So I had to include her. And then finally, Sanity. Um, who got called up from uh, from NXT to SmackDown and have legit done nothing. They feuded with the Usos for like a week or two, lost, and we have not seen them since until like Tuesday. So I had to include them. Any one of these options would have been a good choice. Everyone that was included got double digits in the votes, so it was pretty close. A lot of these people got 17% of the vote, 15, 15, 15, 10. Uh, winning out, though, was Sanity, which kind of surprised me. I, I, I feel like people... Forgot they were even employed until they saw them as an option on this poll, so that's probably why they won. Um, I doubt they're even going to go anywhere now, despite recently resurfacing on SmackDown. But um, yeah, Sanity winning out with 25% of the vote. In second place was Braun Strowman, who had a pretty abysmal year. And then tied for third, a three-way tie between Banks, Bobby, and Nakamura, and then Asuka was in last. She probably would have won out more if she didn't just win the SmackDown Women's Championship and then get back at the forefront of the title picture. So I'm glad that she was in last, but 
Still not a great year for her overall as well after losing her undefeated streak back at WrestleMania. So, pretty bad year for most of these superstars, RJ. Uh, your thoughts on Sanity winning out, the other contenders, and anyone else that you would have included? Um, honestly, I totally disagree with Sanity. This, I just, I don't know, I just didn't expect them to do a lot anyways. So when they didn't do anything, I wasn't too surprised. I wasn't Honestly, never been the biggest Sanity fan, so maybe that's why. It's, I don't know. I think they're probably the honestly they're probably the least. Oh, like, at least everyone else. Like I probably had like an at least a high expectation for them to do good. We kind of figured Sanity coming over like the tra- the track record they've had with NXT tag team calls has been terrible. So I just didn't expect them to really do much anyway. So maybe that's why I'm kind of with that thought that I don't know. I just didn't expect them to have a good year. Honestly, geez, I'm gonna I. You probably wouldn't expect who I voted for. I, I, I honestly voted for Sasha Banks. Um, nah, that's a good pick. I'm not uh, surprised with that. Eh, I'm a bigger Strowman fan, so I figured you thought I'd vote for him. But uh, I don't know. Like, Obviously, Strowman had a bad year. But for someone like Sasha Banks, who is they, they market her like she's like a top superstar. Like She's always on the commercial. She's always in. They always show her. She's always doing something. But not even, like you said, not even sniffing the title. Not like I want her to because she's been fucking champion so many times. Yeah, <laughs> like, she didn't do anything. Literally nothing. She didn't win anything of significance. Was in a terrible feud with Bayley that went nowhere. Now they're hugging and kissing and freaking doing nothing. And like I said, <laughs> they'll probably win the... the women's tag titles like anyone gives two craps because they're going to face two people that no one cares about because they're losers too probably like Absolution or the Iconics and they would have got nothing since being called up or the Riot Squad or I, I just think I think hands down ha- at least with everyone else on this list they actually had some bright moment of the year Sasha Banks did literally nothing on, was she even on Wrestlemania? Even no she was on the kickoff show Woo! <laughs> gives a flying F, like, I don't know, for someone that they, like I said, whenever they show the commercials or they show, like, billboards, and, like, she's on it, I am shocked how bad of a year she had. Yeah, I mean, Banks, I think I voted for, too, I think she was my pick, um, Bobby Roode didn't have much momentum late last year anyway, Strowman had his moment, Nakamura had his moment, Asuka had her moment, obviously she's rebounded, Sanity, I think you make a great point, even though they won out here and they were disappointing, they were never the, like, they were never the second coming of, like, fucking Jesus in NXT or anything. They were never, like, whatever. They were never the hottest thing in NXT. So, I never really had high hopes for them on the main roster. I thought they would do well. They bombed, because they've done nothing. Um, maybe for biggest losers of the year, because at least Banks has had television time. But yeah, in terms of disappointing, in terms of, like, someone I had really high hopes for, it would have to be Banks. Not high hopes, but, like, she had a pretty bad 2017, too. Um, Bailey, I didn't have any hope that she'd be rebounding this year, so I didn't include her. I guess you could put her, she's a runner-up, she's a, uh, she's one of the other, uh, potential, um, front-runners for this award. But yeah, Banks has not been Raw Women's Champion in over a year. Uh, the, the Bailey, she has literally spent the entire year with Bailey, either as a partner or as her rival. And it was, has been one ginormous waste of time. So that was, you know, I mean, it would be one thing if it was like, you know, someone I really did not think would do well or has been a loser anyway, like Bailey. but Banks, for as much as they promote her and, you know, as much as they market her as the top face of this 
women's evolution. She has done jack shit in 2018. I talked all about this here on the show a few weeks ago. Um, but there's other people that came to mind that while you were talking that I would have included here. If I had big, if I had more slots for the uh, for the category, I would have included the Iconics, who, again, I did not expect to do all that well anyway, but for two people that came in on night one, interrupted the SmackDown Women's Champion in Charlotte, and, um, you know, people were hoping would get called up anyway, and have just done nothing. They've been extremely disappointing this year. They've just, they weren't really that good in NXT anyway, so that's why I didn't include them, but... You know, they've done fucking jack shit this year. Um, Then Bobby Lashley, I think I originally had him written down. I don't know why he's not on here. I think I I wanted to do three from Raw, three from NXT. So I put Bobby Roode. I thought Bobby Roode was a bigger disappointment this year than Bobby Lashley. But Lashley's got to be included too. I mean, the guy turned heel, um, which was good. But, you know, he came back with some buzz, and they completely squandered it within, like, weeks. Within weeks. So I had to include, um, I would have included Bobby Lashley if I didn't put Banks or Bobby Roode on here. He was another one. Um, AOP, I guess you can include. I mean, they've done well by and large. They were a Raw Tag Team Champions for like a month. But, I mean, I thought Sanity was a bigger disappointment just because at least AOP's been on TV for the most part. And I guess you can also include Andrade because he's done, he has not had a single feud on SmackDown since he feuded with Sin Cara over the summer. Um, so I guess you can include him. I know there's reports of him being unhappy and whatever, which sucks. And I don't know where he's going in 2019. He might leave. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, at least he's had great matches on SmackDown and he's kind of gotten over a little bit, but he's had no feuds. He's had nothing going on. So he's kind of been disappointing. He's been criminally underweight, uh, underutilized on the main roster and wasted essentially. But yeah, Sanity winning out. I would have given the nod to Sasha Banks, but yeah, uh, Sasha Banks had a pretty bad 2000 and, uh, Pretty bad 2018. So is there anyone else that comes to mind, RJ, that you would have included here if it wasn't um, aside from these six superstars? Um, I kind of thought, obviously she didn't, she literally did nothing either. I kind of had high expectations for Mandy Rose. They never really did anything with her. I don't know, I thought she, oh, she just has the look of someone I thought they would push. Obviously they have done nothing with her, so not sure what they're going to do with her. I'm trying to think of someone from NXT. I feel like no one... That I really had high hopes for NXT. Really, did have a I have a bad year. I guess maybe Dakota Kai. Like she did have a lot of title chances, but lost every time. So I guess that is kind of disappointing. But she also was on NXT a ton, so you can't, I don't know if you really count her. I mean, yeah, she would. She'd be a candidate I would include. Candice LeRae has actually been pretty disappointing. She's been doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I know I don't like these people. I think the Mighty had like. A terrible 2018. I think they were kind of looked at to be like one of the new bigger tag teams and just never even got a chance. Yeah, I mean, especially since, I mean, they were disappointing. Not as much as these other people, for, but for NXT, they were definitely disappointing. Uh, just because they came back with a lot of fanfare earlier this year with like all the video packages. They spent a while building those guys back up. And then they lost. And like the first round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic did nothing, turned heel, did nothing, and then one of them left, so... Yeah, it was a pretty bad 2018 for them as well. So hopefully, bigger and better things for all those that were discussed there for that category. Yeah. Um, if, it was like, if it was like Undisputed Era and they got debuted and they got like the, well, how Sanity was, I think that would have been like, okay. If it was them instead of Sanity, I would have voted for them. Yeah. But, see, yeah. I don't know. Like, Sanity, I just like you said, they never were like the top dog NXT. I just, I don't know. I'm surprised they won. That's kind of... 
Yeah, no, I, I like Sanity, and it, it has been disappointing how they've been used, but not as disappointing as, like, Sasha Banks or Strowman or whatever, at least in my opinion. But, yeah, like you said, if they were a hotter team like Enzo and Cassa that were more of a disappointment on the main roster than Sanity, just because they were bigger they were bigger deals. Like, I would include the Revival, but they they didn't get called up this year, and they've been, I mean, they were disappointed this year, too, like, a, like by a wide margin. But they weren't doing much last year anyway, so I can't really include them because it's not like yeah. they had a great 2017, you know? So that's why I didn't put them on here. Um, return of the year. So the candidates included Rey Mysterio from the Royal Rumble, which we saw in person, Bobby Lashley from the Raw after WrestleMania on April 9th, Dean Ambrose on the Raw before SummerSlam on August 13th, Brock Lesnar at Hell in the Cell, Batista at SmackDown 1000, and Aleister Black when he came back from injury on the October 17th episode of NXT. So winning by a landslide here, which is should come as no surprise and much to the um, delight of Mr. Marceau, Rey Mysterio winning out with 44.26% of the vote at the Rumble. I almost included him on SmackDown 1000, but he initially returned to the Rumble. That was the real big return. So I had to include that over the SmackDown 1000 when I thought Batista coming back was cool. He was in second to last, or third to last. Bobby Lashley was in last. Um, I th- I liked his return. I like Bobby coming back, but it's probably just how he's been used since that people that hasn't really just they haven't really given a shit about. Um, then it was Brock who had a good return at Hell in the Cell, and just people don't really care about Brock, so that's probably why he was second to last. Batista third to last. He was in fourth here. Third was Dean Ambrose. Alistair Black actually beat him by a little bit, only by one percent of the votes. And then 44% went to Rey Mysterio. It's been a great year for Rey Mysterio. The guy's been bouncing all over the place. He went from WWE to New Japan for a little while. Did a couple shows over there. Almost worked all in. And then came back to WWE in October. So, um, or no, wait. He was at all in. Fucking, he was at all in. He did wrestle at all in. What am I talking about? He did wrestle at all in. And then he came back to WWE. He worked the Jericho Cruise too. So, yeah, he's done a lot in 2018. The best shape of his career um, he's had a lot of good matches since coming back. He's another guy that, I've, you know, he just beat Randy Orton at TLC, so he's not going to become a world champion or anything, but he's a guy that I'm glad is being used right this time around, especially after being treated like a loser the last time we saw him in WWE four or five years ago. So great to have Ray Ray back, and it's definitely been the best return of 2018 hands down. So your thoughts on Ray Ray being back in WWE, RJ? Obviously vote for Ray Mysterio, the fucking GOAT. Um... <laughs> Got a good year, like you said. I think probably what hurt him his last run around, he just like I don't know if he just didn't care that much anymore. He just was, he probably was in his worst shape of his career when he was in WWE the last time, wearing the fucking t shirt, fucking because he was like fat. And I don't know, I just I think maybe that's why they just didn't treat him as well, just because he just I don't know, he just wasn't in the shape that he used to be. And I don't know, but I since he's came back, I fucking love Ray Mysterio, so it's great to see him back. Nice to see him not wearing the t-shirt as much anymore. Like I said, I think he's just in perfect shape and definitely a nice veteran to add to the SmackDown roster. Yeah, he's been great to watch in 2018. Hopefully he can have a bigger and better 2019 as well. Maybe getting some gold around that waist, maybe in the form of the uh, United States Championship. And I know he was like a, you know, he would have been a good fit for 205 Live too, but he deserves a bigger platform on SmackDown. And so it's great to see him back in the brand that he helped build, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, so moving right along here to, let's see what the next category is, the match of the year, the real, uh, the big winners here, the final, big, final, big categories, or the match of the year, um, the candidates included Seth Rollins versus The Miz from Backlash for the Intercontinental Championship, 
Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy in a no disqualification match from the July 3rd edition of 205 Live. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose from Hell in the Cell for the Raw Tag Team titles. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair from Evolution. Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Zunalamas from TakeOver Philly. And the NXT TakeOver, the NXT North American Championship ladder match from TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, so all great matches here in last place. Tied for last place was Miz and Rollins. And then the tag team title match, which were both great matches, but the other matches were better. Ali and Murphy with 3% of the vote. 24% of the vote went to Becky and Charlotte. 28 went to the TakeOver ladder match, the um, the ladder, the six-man ladder match from TakeOver New Orleans. And then Gargano and Almas winning out with 40% of the vote, which was an amazing match. We saw it live. It was the probably the best NXT match I've ever seen. Um, I mean, in addition to the ladder match and Gargano and Ciampa from TakeOver New Orleans, which is also up there as one of the best matches of 2018. But yeah, got to go with Gargano and Almas. I, I voted for that, and I thought it was the best match, not only because we were there, but they had a great feud, told a great story. The in-ring action was excellent. I cannot argue against uh, Gargano and Almas being the best match for WWE slash NXT in 2018. Man, I voted that match as well. The match was amazing. Especially being there live and re-watching it. Just like you said, just like the few that they had built up. Basically, Johnny's John, basically at that point his last chance. Um, he's basically the lovable loser. Finally gets the big win. Or we obviously, I thought he could have sworn he was going to win. That he kind of like built up like that was going to be his big break. He's going to win. And almost beating him, just like deflated the crowd, and then Chomp attacking Gargano afterwards, great too. Um, just I don't know that match was great. I think the I would say if you were going to do like multi-man match of the year, that the ladder match from NXT or New Orleans would have easily won. That match was amazing too. It's just tough with that too because you're comparing a ladder match to a singles match. Mm-hmm. But I think. Singles best match of the year and best NXT match all around was definitely uh, Gargano and Almas. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte and Becky from uh, Evolution was really good as well. Um, I don't even know what the other two. What were the other options? Uh, Mur- oh, Murphy and uh, Ollie was a really good match. They had a couple good series of matches though too, uh, but just, I think that just didn't get. They just they're not on regular TV, so the love's not there for them. But uh, I just think NXT just this year around had a good year, and same with 205 Live. They really uh, kicked up a notch, so I'm not surprised that those were the highest uh, winning votes as well as the women. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing with the main roster, too, I, I struggle to come up with like great matches from the main roster. I feel like the main roster this year really lacked, um, really, really lacked like one great match. Like, they, they had Becky and Charlotte. I would argue that was probably the best match of 2018, just in general, not only for the women, but honestly, like, the other three options, I thought Rollins and Miz had a great match. That was probably the best match up to that point in the year for the main roster. Ali and Murphy was excellent. The tag team title match was great. I would have probably put either Brock and Brian on here or Ronda and Charlotte, or probably Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka, but... Actually, I probably would not have included that just because I already had Becky and Charlotte from Evolution. I probably would have included um, Brian and AJ from TLC, with that, which I thought was also an excellent match. But um, beyond that, I feel like this year did not have like that one defining match that we all thought was like, oh, holy shit, that's the match of the year. Like, not an AJ versus John Cena or 
Um, you know, a couple years ago when we had Cena, Rollins, and Brock. Like, as soon as we saw that, we're like, okay, that's the match of the year for this year. Like, there's no question about it. This year, I feel like the main roster really lacked that. NXT had way better matches in 2018 compared to the main roster. I mean, you can come up with three from NXT alone between Gargano and Almas, Gargano and Ciampa, any of the three matches that they had, and then the latter match. And then a few others as well, like Dream and Ciampa had a great match recently, and Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano. So, yeah, um, Black and Gargano. Yeah, Black and Gargano, too, I would have included on here. But um, NXT just had way better matches on the whole. Was there any, like, if you had to say one, like, what was the best main roster match of the year, in your opinion? Uh, besides Becky and Charlotte, I thought the Triple Threat at WrestleMania was really good. Um, Balor, Miz, and Rollins. Um, besides that, I couldn't really name you one. I mean, again, Becky and Charlotte, I thought was great, and Rollins had a couple great matches too, but that was about it. So, hopefully, the main roster has better matches in 2018. I, I there wasn't. I mean, again, I, I, it's it's weird not including an AJ Styles match, but he did not have like that one classic match this year, including with Nakamura, which was disappointing. But aside from Brian, I thought the Brian match was amazing. I thought that was easily his best match of 2018. But um, yeah, I think Gargano and Almas is a safe bet here as the match of the year for 2018. For Tag Team of the Year, we have The Bar, The New Day, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, The Usos, The Bludgeon Brothers, and Undisputed Era. So a lot of tag teams did well this year. The Bar have been SmackDown Tag Team Champions for a while. They were the Raw Tag Team Champions going into WrestleMania, so I included them. The New Day were champions for a little bit, and they're always relevant, um, even though they did come in second to last year. Ziggler and McIntyre came in dead last. I thought they were, I mean, they weren't like a tag team tag team. They were more of an alliance. They were Raw Tag Team Champions for about a month or so. Um, but, you know, they, they worked well together. Um, tied for third. Yeah, tied for third, I think. Yeah, tied for third was the Usos and the Bar. And both teams held gold this year, but they weren't exactly, like, amazing. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers got way more votes than I thought they would. They were dominant. They came in second with 11% of the vote. But this was the biggest landslide of them all this year. 70% of the vote went to the Undisputed Era, which... Without a fucking question. They were tag team champions, like, I think, all year, with the exception of maybe, like, two weeks when they lost the belts to Mustache Mountain. Beyond that, and I think they actually lost the belts and they regained them two days later at the tapings. So if you want to be technical here, they've really just been champions uh, the entire year, except for, like, two days, which is pretty amazing. And then you throw in their matches, like Adam Cole's included in that, Bobby Fish just came back, you can include the War Games match, any of the matches they've had with Mustache Mountain... Undisputed are the uh, their matches with Mustache Mountain, Heavy Machinery, AOP, Sanity, um, any of those teams. They worked very well against them all. So uh, War Raiders as well. So them winning is hardly a surprise. Yeah, I, I voted obviously Undisputed Era. They, like you said, besides, I think it was literally two days between them losing and the tapings. They literally were dominant all year. They were basically the best thing going in NXT, pretty much, besides uh, Ciampa and Gargano. They had a ton of great matches. Just, I think their mustache mount matches were fucking amazing. Every mm-hmm. match they had really good. Just that, just an overall good year for Undisputed Hour, and I, I just don't even think it was even close compared to the other teams. I'm surprised that Bludgeon Brothers got that big of a fault. I just, I don't know, they don't do anything for me. No, they don't do much for me either, but I thought they did well. I mean, they were undefeated for like eight months, and then they just fell off the face of the earth after they lost the belts back at uh, right after SummerSlam 
to the New Day just because one of them got hurt. I think Rowan got hurt, so Harper's been off TV ever since. So I thought people just forgot about him. So yeah, I'm shocked too that they got the second uh, second highest percentage here. Let me see who won last year real quick for the Tag Team of the Year for 2017 because it's a lot of the same teams. Um, The Usos, holy shit, the Usos won last year with 71% of the vote. So they were like, they were the undisputed era of last year, so... They had a great 2017. I mean, they did well this year, but they really weren't doing much until recently. And even now, they're just kind of like coasting off their past successes. But it's not a big deal. But yeah, Undisputed there. Hopefully, they are called up at some point down the road. I mean, maybe I'm hoping that they don't get called up, just so they're not like ruined. But I still maintain, I think they're going to get called up the the Raw after WrestleMania. Do you think that's a safe bet, RJ? I hope so. I just, I just fear for them. I, I just like, I think it's just they can't be screwed up. But kind of said the same thing with Nakamura, and they kind of screwed him up, so... Yeah, Finn Balor, too, yeah. Very nervous. Yeah, very nervous for all of them, including just... I mean, not only Adam Cole. Adam Cole I'm nervous for, but just the tag team guys, O'Reilly and Strong and Fish. Just because... I was talking about this on, I think, on a hashtag. How many tag teams have been called up from NXT and have been utilized well? Aside from maybe Harper and Rowan. Like, nobody. You look down on the list, with the vaude, the fucking vaude villains. Enzo and Cass are gone. Um, AOP have been kind of like ruined. Sanity has not been on TV. Um, the Lucha Dragons were losers. The Ascension have been losers. There's a lot of tag teams that just just came to die on the main roster. So I'm hoping. The thing with that though is I'll argue, I'll be devil's advocate. How many of them are really that good? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think Undisputed Era is easily the best tag team they've ever had. A lot of good tag teams, but a lot, they had like a lot of tag teams that called up, but like. I don't know, I feel like a lot of teams you just named, like, I didn't see them becoming, like, household, like, I didn't, like, even, I don't even think they were even close to, like, the New Day or the Usos level. Like, I think Undisputed Era is, like, on their level. The The only ones I would argue, I would, I would argue about, um, Enzo and Cass, just because they were super popular. They were super popular in NXT, and they came up with a lot of momentum. And then just nothing. But that's that's because of like their own backstage heat and shit like that and whatever. They were probably one of the better tag teams that had potential that could have been something. The Revival too also should have been something. American Alpha too. I forgot those guys. I forgot. I don't know how I forgot them, but the Revival should have been a way bigger deal. And they've been floundering ever since. And her injuries kind of hurt them and and, and bad booking. And uh, yeah, it's American Alpha though. Like I could see like obviously they're a good tag team, but I think. Like those other teams that you've named, those guys are all strictly tag team guys. Like, I don't see Dash Wild or Scott Dawson on their own, like, winning anything. Like, I think Jordan Gable on their own have, like, at least have a chance to, like, do something on their own. Like, the same with the Undisputed Era guys. But, like, Ascension, Lucha, Dragons, all those teams, like, they're strictly tag team guys. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah, they they weren't gonna get anywhere beyond the. T- I mean, Enzo and Cass. Oh my God, Enzo was a fucking abortion. So was Cass by himself. <laughs> oh, you mean the rapist from earlier this year, the alleged rapist? God, oh, terrible. So glad they're both out of a job. Wow, they both got fired this year. Was that the highlight of 2018 for you? Probably. Wow. Woof. Barry and the um, how you doing, brothers? How dare you? They're so bad. Remember that time we bought their T-shirt at uh, Extreme Rules? Don't remind me. It's in the garbage now. Wow. How you doing? How you doing in the trash? How about that? Wow. There was a couple of haters. A couple of haters. How you doing behind bars? Um, 
I, I should say too, RJ, you did call that. There was, I remember a clip, because I remember being frustrated with you when you said this. It was right before, I think it was after WrestleMania, when we were talking about WrestleMania and the call-ups, and you said Enzo and Cast, I don't care about them, and they're not going to amount to anything, and, and they obviously didn't, and now they're both gone. So I think you called that one from a mile away. Wow, Jesus, I'm frustrated, he just said. <laughs> not, not as frustrated as I was when I kicked you off the show for two weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When he barred me from the ringside. When I was banned from ringside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The dark days of WrestleRent Radio. But, um, yeah, hopefully they can amount to something on the main roster. Hope, hopefully Undisputed Air, they're going to be hard to mess up because they have so much momentum and they're so popular. I was on Shop the other day, like maybe last night, and they do. They have so much merchandise. They have more merchandise than anyone else in NXT right now. It's ridiculous. So hopefully, at some point when they get called up, they are treated the right way. And Vincent, Mc, uh, you know, Vincent McMahon doesn't see them as like, oh, they're vanilla midgets, and then just treats them like losers. So I still maintain too. I'm gonna say this, RJ. I maintain since they just beat Heavy Machinery. I'm really, really hoping that they lose the titles over WrestleMania weekend, not in Phoenix. But they lose the titles at some point, whatever show it is, to the Street Profits. We said this months ago, but I'm going to maintain that just because there's no other tag teams that can beat them for the belts aside from maybe the War Raiders. But I still say the Street Profits should be the team to beat Undisputed Era, take those titles, and then send them packing to the main roster. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just, I've never been a big War Raiders guy. You know that. You've known that for a while. Mm-hmm. I just, the only issue with. Uh, with, I'm trying to think the fuck their name is. Uh, I don't mind. I'm trying to blank. On uh, Rowan Hansen? No, freaking what's the team you just said? Street Profits. Oh, Street Profits, yeah. The issue with them is I just feel like they haven't really even been on TV that much lately. Like, they'd kind of come out of the blue if they just, like, all of a sudden came to the forefront. They get less time than the freaking Forgotten Sons, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, they come and go. They come on the. They come on television. They, they win a few matches and then they disappear for like a month. So yeah, there's no like real consistency there with them. Oh my god, the Forgotten Sons are so bad. So. I don't care about them. They've won me over to an extent, but I still do not care by and large. They're terrible. They're awful, he says. They're terrible, putrid even. I was about to say they're putrid. <laughs> they're putrid. All right, final two awards here. First, the Women's Wrestler of the Year. I kind of have an inkling of an idea of who Mr. Marceau voted for. The candidates included Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, and from NXT, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Where's Sasha Banks and Bailey? Did I did I forget to include those guys? Did, did I forget to include them, RJ? I was going to say, I wrote in Bailey. Did she get any votes? <laughs> she got negative 5%. Um... So this should, I mean, this, okay, this is a little surprising. I'm sorry, RJ. Becky wins here. 68% of the vote. 68. And the only one that came close was Ronda with 18. So you had Alexa with 1%. You had Charlotte with 5. Shayna with 5. And Kyrie with 1. So Alexa and Kyrie were tied for dead last. Charlotte and Baszler were tied for third. And then Ronda was second, but by a wide margin. Becky with 68% of the vote. So, I'm going to go on a little mini rant here, RJ. I'm sorry. I don't agree with this. I don't. I love Becky. I do. I think she's had an amazing past couple of months. Keyword, past couple of months. 
I think the best women's wrestler all year was Ronda. And yeah, maybe Becky's more over now than Ronda has been all year. I agree with that. But I just fear I, I just feel of the year, it's gotta be Ronda. Cause she came in, blasted all expectations, you know, debuted the Rumble, had a great match at WrestleMania when she debuted against the authority. Had another great match against Nia Jax. Another very good match with Nia Jax at Survivor Series. One at Money in the Bank, one at Survivor, or one at TLC, rather. Had a great match with Charlotte. Beat Alexa for the Raw Women's Championship and has been undefeated ever since. I have to go with Ronda. She's who I voted for. Becky, I feel like a lot of people voted for Becky just because she's very over right now and people are drinking the Kool-Aid. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, too. But I just feel like... Yeah, she's the better of the two right now, but I feel like when you take in the entire year under consideration, because before August, Becky was a fucking loser. She did nothing. She was barely on TV until SummerSlam. So, until she turned heel. So, I feel like, yeah, she's had an amazing past four months, but does that make up for the fact that Ronda's had a better year overall? So, I know you're a big Becky fan, RJ, but I want to hear your two cents, though. So... So when it comes to these voting, like, I feel like in the past, like, I, especially with a lot of things, just voting anyway, it's just like what happens recently is in your mind the most. So yeah, Ronda had a great year, but do I really go back and remember all the matches that she really had? Not really. I just, like, I voted for Becky just because I'm, I'm honestly not a really a big Rousey fan anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, like, especially with these voting, like, usually I remember... I don't know if it was last year before. I think it was a year. I think it was two years ago when we did this. I'm pretty sure the Survivor Series traditional match beat out Rollins, Lesnar, and Cena, which was flabbergasting. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Look, I swear to God, it beat it. And we were both like shocked just because it was like the last thing that had happened that was big at that time was that match. So I think, like you said, a lot of this voting is going off the last couple months. Yeah, Becky said, like you said, she. Was, I don't even know if she was. I don't even think she was at WrestleMania. She was a freaking loser all year. But once she kind of got her momentum the last couple months, that's obviously going to propel her into in people's head that she had a great year. Even though a year she had a good couple months, like you said. Um, I think Baszler probably should have got a little bit more votes. I think she had a really good year. Um, the issue with Rousey too, she like even if she sucked, they would have pushed her anyway. She's such a big name. Even if she was terrible in the ring, like Tamina or. Naya, they would still want to push it because the, the name value alone. So I, I just have a tough time voting for her. But she did have a good year. But like I said, that even if she sucked, she would have had a good year. So um, I would I, I voted Becky, but if I didn't vote for her, I would have voted for Shayna Baszler. Baszler's had a great year too. I think people have really slept on Baszler because she's she really came out of nowhere as like a a great like uh, cornerstone of that women's division for NXT. I mean, there's a couple other women that really came into their own this year, including. Dakota Kai and Kyrie Sane, of course, and a few others. Lacey Evans, I think, has done well for herself. But yeah, Baszler has really been the glue that has held that division together ever since Ember Moon got called up. So um, yeah, she's been a real treat for NXT. Hopefully, you know, they can kind of fill that void when she inevitably gets called up, probably at the WrestleMania, I would imagine, if not after TakeOver Phoenix. But she's still the champion right now, so probably at the WrestleMania weekend, I would imagine. Um, but real quick, though, I looked it up because you piqued my interest. We're talking about the women's wrestlers here. I couldn't find what you were talking about with the match thing. I, I forgot what year that was. But I did want to look up last year who won it last year. So the candidates included last year. This so much has changed in a year. So the candidates last year were much different than this year. 
Last year, we had Alexa and Charlotte, who are the same. The other four are different. Becky was not even on the list. Last year, I had Alexa, Charlotte, Asuka, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Natalia. Natalia and her father, they got 0% of the vote last year. Um, That's bad. Hey, Jason, that looks bad on you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's so bad on you. You put Natalia on the list and she got a big goose egg. But they didn't have many women's wrestlers that broke out last year. They didn't do anything yeah. last year. Did you put NXT people on it? No, actually, Oscar, uh, Oscar, and she won. Oscar won with forty-five percent of the vote last year, and it's just funny because Oscar's had such a bad year to the point where she wasn't even on the list this year, dude. I had to take her off. I feel like there were many more. Like, honestly, I would not take off. Eh, I'd probably take off Sane and maybe put on Oscar. But I feel like even Sane had a better year than Oscar, so that's why I put her on here over Oscar. Naomi yeah. did nothing. What she won? The, oh, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Who gives two shits? That's crazy. No, it was two years ago. It was two years ago when Rollins... I'm pretty sure Rollins, Cena, and Lesnar lost to the Survivor Series uh, traditional match. The one that Sting debuted at. No, 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 no. That was... um. Wait a second. Yeah, I think it was. Check let me say, let me say. this. The one that Sting debuted at was 2014. The, mat, the three-way that you're talking about is 2015. So that's two different years. But let me say. Check it. I'm pretty sure that match still lost. Let me see. 2014. It's not GSM worthy, so it might be a little off. But yeah, no, 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 no. 2014, Team Cena versus Team Authority was on there, but it didn't win though. It was in last. Yikes. So I don't know. It was one of the. I know what you're talking about. It was one of those matches. I feel. I'm looking back at all the awards from the last couple of years, and 2014, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H won. Um, let me see. What 20... was the year that, uh... Bank, Les... Or, uh, Brock, Cena, and Rollins? No, there was one year that I know for a fact the traditional tag match won. It wasn't even that good. Maybe it was 2016 or 2017. I don't know. One of those years. I don't fucking remember. That's... I'm looking at that, too, but I don't see that on here. I'm... Wait, one second. No, yeah, it wasn't last year, either, because last year... I didn't even include that as an option. Last year, it was won by, a. Uh... Let's see, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne was last year. 2016 was won by The Revival and DIY. And then yeah, 2015 wow. was Banks and Bailey. The NXT match wins <laughs> once every single year. <laughs> Except for 2014. That was the what only was other... the show of the year last year? What'd you say? What, I think, you know what I think it was? I think the show of the year last year was... Like, was it War Games? Last year was War Games, and it was... Let me see... I think well, last year four games won a takeover Brooklyn three should have won. They were tied last year. Fuck. That's okay. what it was. I don't. I, it it was one of those ones. I know what you're talking about. It was it was one of those two things that it was like holy shit. But yeah, I do absolutely agree though. People do go off of like more recent stuff than they do like oh overall people. I'd be well, yeah because it's the newest like it's like the, yeah. When you look at it and you're like in your memory like oh what's happened recently. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, Lynch has been going off. She's had a great year. And, you know, Ronda Rousey, like, yeah, she's champion, but yeah, uh, she's not as big as Becky is. Like, it's kind of like one of those things. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. So it is what it is. But yeah, Becky wins out here, sixty-eight percent. At least it's not like Charlotte or Alexa Bliss or something, who also had both very good years. But Alexa Bliss too. I mean, she was the champion for the better part of the year. She lost the belt, regained the belt, and then lost it again. But it's not like Nikki Bella or anything like that, so I can't argue with Becky, but I thought Ronda should have won, but it's it's not a big deal. 
Um, wrestler of the year, our final category here for the 2018 WWE slash NXT year in review awards. Our contenders included Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, Aleister Black, and Johnny Gargano. So coming in, I mean, we'll go from the bottom and work our way up. 0% of the votes, dude. This was the only, the only option out of every category that I had this year. Like Natalia got 0% last year. The only person that got 0% this year was Brock Lesnar. Out of every category, no one voted for Brock Lesnar. And I had to include him. People are like, oh, why would you put Brock? Well, dude, in storyline, he was champion for the better part of the year. He was champion until August. And then he got the belt back in November. So how can I not include him? But he still got 0%. So I, I agree with that. Second to last was Aleister Black, who had a great year. I'm surprised he got that little of votes. But yeah, 3%. Um, and then the top three were pretty close. It was very close between these top three. 26% of the vote, Seth Rollins. 28% of the vote, AJ Styles. And 31% of the vote, so by a hair, Johnny Gargano is the 2018 Wrestler of the Year. And it, it's hard to argue with that. It really is, just because Gargano has had such an amazing year. Literally every match the guys had on TakeOver this year has been the best match on that takeover. So I, I can't I can't argue with that. I think Gargano deserves to win the award and Rollins had a great year. He kinda kinda died out in the second half of the year with the whole Shield stuff. AJ was champion for the better part of the entire year, but he lacked like those five star classics that Gargano had with Almas and with Ciampa, with Aleister Black. I, I can't vote against Gargano here. I completely agree with that. So he is the 2018 Wrestler of the Year, RJ. Do you agree with that pick? I did vote for Johnny Gargano. I did vote for him. I will say, I'm not surprised it was as close as it was. I kind of I, 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 I kind of figured it might be a landslide win. But just like, yeah, did Gargano have a really good year? Yeah, but he didn't win anything. So it's kind of confusing that he won. Like I said, he had a, he had a great year. No. No buts about it, but he didn't. He didn't win anything. Um, so I, I will say I'm kind of surprised because obviously when you think of good years, he won the championships and all the big matches. Kind of, he probably won any of the big matches he was in. Now he really? only beat Ciampa in New Orleans, but beyond that, he lost to almost in Philly. He lost so, to Ciampa in Chicago. He lost to Ciampa in Brooklyn, and then he lost to Black at War Games. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but I think another thing is like. At least for me, at least. Like, Seth Rollins is pretty much the only reason I was I was watching Raw as religiously as I was. Honestly, the show just sucked, but I feel like he was, like, the top guy on Raw. Like, he was going to keep me, at least myself, interested. Uh, AJ Styles is great on SmackDown as well, but I, don't know, I just kind of watch SmackDown just to watch out. Not just strictly for him, but I think without Rollins, I probably would have not watched Raw as much as I did. I just think he is a big star. I, I think he should be the one that beats Lesnar. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but I think just by the, his reaction and what he's done this year, I think him beating Lesnar is kind of what should happen. I think he's the one to beat Thorne because um, they kind of still have that unfinished business from a couple of years back when he mm-hmm. faced Lesnar and no contest. But I, I think Lesnar. I think going into next year, they really have to look at Rollins as a serious threat to be like the top guy since now that Roman's out. Yeah, I was going to say no Roman in this category. I mean, he also... I mean, again, with Gargano, the guy didn't win anything. 
but at least all of his matches were amazing. So yeah, I would I, say. I agree with that. And yeah, every match he was in was amazing. So like I said, kind of, you think of a great year, you think of winning yeah. all the titles. That's kind of just. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that's why it was a little bit closer than than it kind of was, just because he actually didn't win anything. At least all those other guys had won titles, and like you said, AJ had a good year. He was champion. Oh yeah, like you said he didn't really have that great one match. I thought him and Nakamura at WrestleMania wasn't it wasn't great, but I don't think it was. I it was no, good I thought it was a good match too. That was really it good, yeah. I thought it was gonna be, but I don't know with this company. I don't know why we even thought it'd be like that good. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, just like with, it's kind of like in that aspect too. It's kind of slanted in a way. Like NXT always has good matches, so like imagine if that was Seth Rollins instead of Gargano, I think he would have won. Like it's just kind of one of those things. Like I don't know, it's kind of skewed in that direction, I guess. Because like plenty of guys in NXT will have greater matches than they would in the main roster. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like I said, I don't think either AJ, it was AJ, Rollins, or Gargano all had great years. Lesnar, like you said, he was champion all year, so kayfabe-wise, like, he, he should be included, but I'm not surprised no one voted for him. Everyone just, like, I don't know, I, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm a big Lesnar fan, but I, I did like him more back in the day. I just think now that I'm, like, getting more into, like, the actual business and actually, like, caring about it more, I think it is annoying that he's never there and... It's like, what do they expect people can, like, people just, at this point, just hate him because he's never on TV, and he's, just like, I think his not being in Raw has hurt the product even more than just the shitty match and stuff. At least if you had the champion, obviously when Roman was on the show, it wasn't amazing, but at least, like, you have something to look forward to. Like, him not even on the show, it's like, the best champions, like, IC champion, like, mm-hmm. woo. It just does to a lot of people. Especially a casual fan, you want to see the the main champion fight every week. Mm-hmm. Well, at least included. Well, if, you know, if he's not going to be on the show, then don't put the belt on him. He was the champion for 10 months out of the year, from January to October, for, uh, from January to August, not counting 2017, and then November through December. The only months where he wasn't champion were September and October, and that was it. And even Raw wasn't all that great at that point when Roman was champion because the Raw still sucked. The Raw show still sucked because it was the fall season, and it's almost always terrible. So, um... Yeah, I couldn't include Roman. He really didn't do anything this year at all. He lost the Rumble. He lost the WrestleMania. He did win at SummerSlam, but that was his only like good moment. He really has not had many good matches. This he wasn't included in any of the matches that your candidate uh, contenders too. So I mean, I feel bad not including Roman, but Brock, from a kayfabe standpoint, had a better year. And Gargano hasn't won anything, but he had the best matches all year of anyone. So. Yeah, you are right that the NXT people have more of a shot. Like, I'm, I'm sure if AJ or Rollins were in NXT, then they would have won the award by a landslide, too. Uh, but this wasn't a landslide one. This was pretty close between all three guys. Rollins, AJ, and Gargano, the faces of the respective shows. Gargano for NXT, Styles for SmackDown, Rollins for Raw. So I'm glad it kind of ended up the way that it did. Um, in comparison, real quick, from past years, 2017, the wrestler of the year was Braun Strowman. Um, he's not even in the he's not even in the running this year. He was the most disappointing superstar of the year, but he won last year. 2016 was AJ Styles, who won with 80% of the vote two years ago, which is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, AJ won two years ago. 2015, Seth Rollins, so he has won it before. That was three years ago when he was the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, won with 79% of the vote. And then 2014 was also Seth Rollins with 39% of the vote. So Rollins, I forgot, was a two-time winner of the Wrestler of the Year. And then 2013, I would have to go look it up real quick. But um, still, pretty impressive track record. Last year, 
for Superstar of the Year? What did you say? Do you have this, who got second and third from last year? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me check real quick. 2017, let's see. Braun was 46% of the vote, so not as big of a landslide. Second was AJ with 42% of the vote. So it was only really those two. And then third was... Let me see here. Kevin Owens with 4% of the vote. So that's a pretty big margin. Who, Strowman or AJ? Strowman. Strowman, he was really over last year. That was when he had the whole... He was over, but... He was the he was like the big breakout star of last year. I think is what is why he it's probably why he won because he feuded with Roman. The yeah, series of matches with uh, Roman, which were pretty good. Um, that was about it. He was sole survivor of Survivor Series with Triple H. He honestly, I think, accomplished more this year than he did last year. But I think this year, I think he was more disappointing just because we were expecting so much. That's probably why. Yeah, I think especially with last year, like you know, like at least I, I don't know, I've been a big Strowman guy for a while. I kind of expected him to break out, but like, like I said, I think that's kind of like one of the ones that like was last. Like he had like a great, decent year, but like I think at the end of the year, it was like, like you said, he was a sole survivor. I just couldn't really tell you what else he really did throughout the year. Lost the uh, whatever it's called, Andre John Memorial. He fucking got beat like twenty seconds of Big Show. <laughs> yeah. I just like I said, I just don't think you really now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like you really didn't have that great of a year last year, but No, I think it was just I think it was just slim competition. I think AJ probably should have won, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, no, Braun did uh was not even in the running this year because of how bad of a year that he I mean again he probably had a better year this year, but like the quick face and heel turns and not just being involved. I think the Roman feud really was what made him have a great year last year. This year he didn't have any good feuds at all. Like, he feuded with The Bar, he feuded with Roman again, he feuded with Kevin Owens, which was a waste of time, and now he's feuding with um, Corbin, so that's that's probably why, but um, hopefully he can have a better year, and Johnny Gargano, do you think he ends up in the main roster in 2019? Yeah, I do, but I have slight hope for him. 2018 Wrestler of the Year could end up on 205 Live coming 2019, I would not be surprised. Exactly what I'm thinking. I think he'll have. I think, I, but he's one of those guys I definitely fear for on the main roster. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with him. He's one of those guys, especially due to his size, that I would very much fear that uh, they wouldn't utilize him the right way, like they have been in NXT. The guys, like he's only one. Let's let's be honest here. Like two matches that take over. If you really think about it, he's only won like two takeover matches in two and a half years. But he's had more takeover matches than anyone else ever. He won when they won the NXT Tag Team titles two years ago. But then they lost him the next special. And then he beat Ciampa this year. That's it. I don't think he's won a single... Another takeover beyond those two. So, he's like he's like 2-12 and 12 or 2-11 and 11 on takeover. Or something crazy like that. It's just because he's so over, that's why. Yeah, and he's also booked really well. Like, on the main roster, if you won two takeover matches and, like, two pay-per-view matches... In two years, he'd be considered the biggest loser of all time. But because he's such an underdog, it's he can rebound back really well. Yeah, so. I think that's an NXT thing because like they booked plenty of guys that look good and defeat like Neville, and people are like he's a loser. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's an NXT. I think it's definitely an NXT thing. That aspect. I think if Gargano, they did the same thing Gargano, 
they had him booked good and looked good in defeat and he just lost, people would just get over him very fast. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think so too. I think with Gargano that especially come the main roster, it's gonna be a different story. And also, quick for reference, uh, for reference sake, I just looked it up to 2013 Wrestler of the Year for the awards was Daniel Bryan with 70% of the vote. So he was the uh, Wrestler of the Year five years ago. But yeah, sixth annual 2018 WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards in the books. Once again, thank you guys for voting as always, as we do every single year on the website. So thank you for your support. We'll be back next December with all more, with all the latest and the reviewing of 2019, but we also have the Royal Rumble game to look forward to, which Mr. Marceau is a winner of. I will have the rules and the signups for the spots up on that in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned on that. But before we close out, Mr. Marceau, one last time, your two cents, RJ's two cents on 2018 for WWE and NXT. Like I said earlier, I think NXT had their best year total. I think the whole year was great. Had a ton of different stuff. Added new talent. And overall, had a great year. WWE struggled. One of the probably one of the worst years in recent memory. I just I, I don't know if it was the injuries or just the booking. I think I think it was disappoint. It was disappointing, especially to like the hardcore viewers. Just the people we wanted to see didn't win. And then just like when they had someone that we thought was going to get over, like a Nakamura or Oscar, they just kind of fell flat when they had their big break. I think that was more, it wasn't like, it was more of just like that, especially for me, that hurt me more this year, that we just wanted to see something different, and they kind of teased it, and then just never followed through with it. NXT, I think, year in and year out, will always just have a good product, just the way that they've been booked throughout their, pretty much their inception. But I think, I'm hoping that next year, they'll actually kind of listen to fans a little bit more, like they've been teasing, and maybe they'll turn around, but... Um, who knows? You could be talking in a year about how uh, the undisputed hour is a fucking joke on the main roster. So. <laughs> and, um, and if we I, do, if that does happen, I'll pull up the archives and use this clip right here, and I'll reference it back when we discuss the uh, results of the polls in a year from now. Yeah. So, I I just think I think I'm just I just I just with a company this big, I I feel like I shouldn't fear so much as I do. Um, they have the talent, they have the writing, they have everything. That should make a good product every week, but they always disappoint. Um, so I just I think 2019 will be better, but I think with the new TV deal too, that kind of will push them to be a little bit better. But like I said, we could be talking from a year from now about how bad X, Y, and Z have been booked. So mm-hmm. it just kind of as a wrestling fan, especially being in the game as long as I have, it just kind of it just they they have their ways. There's some years are amazing, some years that suck, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, and that's what kind of makes you a wrestling fan. You just kind of the trope with the shitty times, but when they have good times, you just bask in those, so. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Hopefully 2019 is an even better year than 2018. Hopefully it's one of the best years yet in the fandom of Mr. Marceau dating back to 2006. Fingers crossed. If we have a... Uh, if we have a, uh, a Yoshi Tatsu Royal Rumble win, that should set the stage for what type of year it's going to be for 2019 and uh, for WWE. But hopefully it's not the case. But then again, uh, like you said earlier, Nakamura and Asuka won the Rumbles, and it turned out to be a pretty abysmal year for the company. So I'm not talking financially and ratings-wise. I don't really give a shit about that. But in terms of creative from a, from a you know on-air product standpoint, it was not a great year for Raw especially. NXT was amazing. SmackDown was pretty good. 205 Live was great. Raw was shitty. So... 
Hopefully they can turn it around with the authority back at the helm on Monday Night Raw in 2019. Doesn't exactly scream change, but we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll give them some benefit of the doubt that they could turn things around in, in the span of a few weeks. So with all that being said, Mr. Marceau, as always, thank you for joining me for another great episode of WrestleRant Radio. Like I said, we had you on a month ago for the Survivor Series panel. We'll have you back on in a mere month for the Royal Rumble panel, as well as we talk about TakeOver Phoenix and the 2019 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So until then, my friend, enjoy the rest of your holiday season, and I'll catch you down the road in the new year. Sounds good, GSM. Take care. Oh, the